0: you here today. Now let's get ready to worship the Lord and put our hands together. Come on.
1: him know he is risen he's alive we don't have to wait till Easter to celebrate the goodness of God and uh, man what a great day to celebrate and I want to take a moment to just welcome all those that are here for the very first time if it's your first time here in the building or those watching online listen we are so glad you're here can you give it up for all of our first-time guests today come on welcome welcome We're so glad you're here, and and listen, I want to take a moment after the service, Uh, my my wife Michelle and I would love to meet you right after this service, so if you just take just a moment of your time, and uh, there's a, in the seat pocket in front of you, there's a little connection card, if you don't mind taking a moment, fill that out, and then after the service, out these doors, and then just to your left, you'll notice a big sign that says guest reception, it's a little room prepared just for you, and we'd love to meet you, connect with you. I promise we won't take up a bunch of your time. We just want to bless you, encourage you, and give you a gift for hanging out with us today. And for those watching online, or those of you that are tech savvy in the building, you can just take out your smartphone, use the QR code, and/or you can text D1Text to 84576. Let us know a little bit about yourself, and of course, you can always connect to us for prayer. If you got a prayer request, listen, uh, or if you have a testimony. Man, the goodness of God. There's been so many testimonies of what God's been doing in this church. People have been uh, healed. People that we've been praying for have gotten saved, given their life to Christ. We're honored to celebrate that. And we encourage you to take just a few moments and fill out that information, letting us know that you have a testimony to share. Of course, you can also get baptized uh, or set up... a, a the opportunity for for a a next step of baptism or child dedication, which in just a few moments, we're gonna dedicate a few children to the Lord. We're so excited about that. Uh, But listen, we're here to celebrate Jesus and to serve you well, and so we're glad that you're here. Well, listen, Easter is on its way. Everybody say, Easter's on its way. Come on, and uh, so excited about that. Listen, I wanna remind you, got two special events taking place over that weekend we have our kids ministries are are presenting a special easter egg hunt but i want you to understand this just being honest just being real transparent with this church the easter eggs are and that little hunt is really just the bait on the hook because the ultimate goal is to have people come to know Jesus. So if you've got friends, family members, people, uh, maybe neighbors that have kids, invite them in. It's gonna be for all ages. It's gonna be a family event. You don't wanna miss it. As a matter of fact, make sure to show up early on that day. We're gonna have a great time, 10 a.m., but try to get there a little early if you can because oftentimes what happens is the parking gets filled and then it goes all the way up to the top. We're gonna have that in our Family Life Center that event so uh, just be aware and try to get here early so you can get in the doors and seated right there at 10 a.m. so you may need to get here about 9:45. just letting you know and then there's often people that don't come to our church or people from our community that show up and uh, that's always our goal so we want to make sure to bless those that come in we're so delighted to do that for those kids and for the ministry to families Then again on Sunday, Easter Sunday, I wanna remind you there's two services. So it's 9 a.m. and 10.45. Everybody say 9.45 or 9 a.m. See, I already got it confused. See, listen, that's a good note to everybody that says that, you know, leaders, that you just follow the leader. No, only follow the leader when he knows where he's going. You know what I'm saying? 9 a.m., everybody say say 9 a.m. There we go, and 10.45, everybody say 10.45. All right, see, I got it right that time. Make sure not to get it confused like I just did. And we want to make sure to celebrate the King of Kings. I pray that this place is packed out in both services. Listen, it's not going to happen just by divine osmosis. It's not going to happen just because we put a few social media things together. You, you want to know why people show up to church? It's because of you. It's true. Uh, you do, Look at the statistics. You will find you will find every statistic says that the majority of people show up to a church because they got an invitation and i just want to let you know uh this is the most important time the most strategic time of the year that you can celebrate now i just being uh this is another little transparent moment for for your pastor we have had these what we call bring invitation cards invitations we've had these bring invitation cards We had them special ordered and expedited we paid extra for expedited shipping about a month and a half ago they're still not here we've gone to multiple companies now to try to get them done had all of the people say we have people working saying we got them we got them we got them guess what we didn't get them you know what that might just mean that it's your job to make a personal connection Maybe a card wouldn't do it. I don't know why, but I do know this. God knows that your friends, your family, your coworkers, your sphere of influence needs to know the love of Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you, invite as many as possible and take those prayer cards and continue to write down names and pray over those who don't yet know Jesus, that they might come to know Jesus over this Easter weekend. And uh, listen, I'll also let you know a little secret on April 2nd, next week, my dad is going to be sharing a message. It's going to be an illustrated sermon. And uh, so don't wait till Easter. You can invite him to come in next week. Week. This this next week is gonna be amazing. So listen, you don't want to miss it. We've got great things to come. Well, listen, I'm gonna invite my amazing wife to come up here and we are gonna be able to dedicate a child yes, to the Lord. Are. What a great day. And
2: before we get started on that, I want to tell you what I told my Freedom Group and the prayer team this morning that invite a lot of people to Easter, but you need to bring at least one person with you. So we're gonna yeah. be standing at the door. And just checking to see who you've brought. I'm just joking. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, right. just want to encourage you yeah. for that. But to this morning, I am so very excited. I have fallen in love with this family that yeah. we are about to dedicate. Two babies. They are sisters, and so I'm going to call them and their whole tribe up this morning. The first one is Margaret Lee Butler, and she is. Fourteen months old and her parents are Colby and Caroline Butler and Margaret's cousin Franco Lewis Louis Gir- No, I, I I talked to her before. It's Lewis, right, Mom? See Gerardo, you made me mess up. I Stop, feel like I was it's Louis.
1: I just presumed, right?
2: I was practicing that. I told her she was. Her. And, she was working
1: on it. And
2: your name too, in the mirror. So that's how much we. Um, if you guys want to come, come up, on up here, on come the on stage. up on
1: stage. I know you got to be careful with the little ones. Come on up here, guys.
2: But we have over here little Margaret and her older sister Adeline, who is four years old, and she is a beautiful big sister. And we have Franco over here with Mr. Blue Eyes, and then we have Miguel right there. His Big brother, and so these two are sisters. These Caroline and <laughs> Callie, and they've got a whole tribe. If you are with them today, just wave at us right here. Yeah, I know that, look got, at this yes. right here.
1: Come on, give it up yeah, for yes, them right the tri- now. Yes, welcome.
2: We got one one of their their sisters that drove all night to be here to be a part wow. of this special um, day today. And I tell moms all the time, and I tell parents all the time, when your kids are little. Not only pray for who your kid is gonna marry, their future spouse and their future friends, but always pray that God would surround you with godly influences for your children. That's right. Because no matter how close that you are with your kids and how you interact, God always uses those who are on the outside to pour into your kids and there may be a time what you don't even like to think of that that your teenager may not want to talk to you but you will have those around you that can pour in and influence your children and i love what you guys believe that not only is your family your tribe but your church family is your tribe too and so we are so excited to dedicate and i'm going to have you miss margaret you're going to go first if you can say right here
1: Hey, the bow has stayed on so far. Good job. You did so good. Yeah, you did.
2: So Margaret is, um, and I know some of your story, and I'm not going to share it. She's your rainbow baby, one of your rainbow babies. And Margaret's name means gift of God, and her middle name, Lee, is gracious. And knowing a little bit of your story, I know... <laughs> We're not gonna cry right that she is definitely your gift from god after a very hard dark stormy season and she's beautiful and although she is a gift to you and a gift to the family and a gift to the world what i felt like the holy spirit wanted to highlight this morning over margaret was the spiritual gifts that he has placed inside of her for her to fulfill the destiny and the assignment that God has for her on her life. And as you and Colby raise her in the things of the Lord and in the house of the Lord and surround her with prayer and fanning the flame of the Holy Spirit in her, may she walk Strongly and boldly in those spiritual gifts. And the scripture that I have over you, Miss Margaret, this morning is found in 2 Timothy 1:6. And it says this: this is Paul talking to Timothy, a son. This is why I remind you to keep using the gift God gave you, Margaret, when I laid my hands on you. Yes, she's speaking right now. Mm-hmm. Now let it grow as small as a small flame grows into a large fire. So we speak and declare that over her this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to have Franco come over here for just a moment, then we're going to all pray together. Now, Franco, I, I practiced your middle name as Louise, but your mother corrected me, and it's Louis okay so I apologize in advance for that so Franklin Franco Lewis and his big brother Mikael but Franco means victorious and Lewis means declarer of God and this morning the scripture that I feel like is to be spoken over Franco as we dedicate him to the Lord is found in 1st John 5:4, and it says this for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, Franco. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, Franco's faith, amen? And as you raise Franco in the fear and the admiration of the Lord, may his faith not only be strong, but may his faith be a declaration of the goodness of God Of the power of God, of the mercy and the love of God to all those that he's in contact with. May Franco's faith be contagious to all of those who are around him in Jesus name.
1: Well today here's what we're gonna do we're I I just want to read a charge to you as parents and as you influence your children and thank God you have a family surrounding you, uh, a a family that's a gift from God to you as well as a church family that loves you. But as I read this charge over you, I wanna remind you that it's just a sacred gift that we get from the Lord. And if you would agree with this solemn dedication, I'm just gonna simply ask that at the end of some of these questions that you simply say, we do. Here it is. Do you now present both Margaret and Franco before God in solemn dedication, promising to bring them up in the nurture, the discipline, and the love of the Lord by teaching them to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and regularly fellowshipping with other believers in a Christ-centered church family? If so, say, we do. With God's help, do you promise to bless them by modeling the teachings of Jesus and training them in the practice of prayer and guiding them toward the development of Christ-like character? If so, say, we do. Do you now commit to pray daily for these miracles of life that have been entrusted to you and to guide them so that in the following of the examples of your lives, they'll come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior? If so, say, we do. In as much as you've promised to dedicate these, your children, to the Lord and to faithfully fulfill that sacred obligation, I bless you today with the strength and the health and the peace and the rest and all that you need as mom and dad in the middle of crazy kiddo time that God would strengthen you and support you and lift you up. And I wanna pray a dedication prayer over these amazing kids, but I'll, I just have to say, we're not just dedicating children, we're dedicating families, right? Families to the service of the kingdom. Let's pray together, and here's what I'd like for you to do. Would you just stretch out your hands as though you're kinda of standing right with them, putting your hand on their shoulder? Could you just do that, just kinda of do like this, as though you got your hand on their shoulder, you got their back, let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you for this family, Lord, and specifically for little Margaret. I just speak blessing over her in Jesus' name, that she would become all that you've called her to be. And Lord Jesus, we just say strength, health, and peace over her in Jesus' name. God, thank you so much for the blessing of children. And we thank you that these parents are sold out to you. God, thank you that they're going to continue to walk in faith and faithfulness. In Jesus' name. Now we pray over little Franco in Jesus' name. And God, I speak blessing over this family. God, we know that there are challenges that always come with child rearing, but such blessing. Lord, I pray for joy. Lord, over little Franco, I pray that he would be, his name would be synonymous with joy in the house, that there be constant laughter, and uh, Lord, a sense of deep faith, deep-rooted faith, I pray over him in Jesus' name, that he would know who he is, and that he would know that he is not only a child of God's, but that he is a representative of Christ in everything he says, in everything he does. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. I got to tell you, in both times, both children, as soon as I started speaking over them, man, they were looking at me. They were just fixated. Sometimes you go spirit to spirit, even when you don't understand each other's languages. But I can just tell you, God was doing something up here. And uh, we've got special gifts we want to give to them. And we love you so much. We're going to take a quick picture because, hey, you can't, can't have a moment like this without a picture. So let's everybody get together close. All right, here we go. Ready? We're gonna smile. Everybody say cheese. <laughs> all right. All right. Hey, God bless you. We love y'all. You can be seated. Can you give it up for this amazing, these amazing families? We love you. We love you. We love you. And thank you so much for all. All the love and support as a church that you give to families. Well, listen, I, I, I know that many of you you're here today and you need extra layers of support, and our church family is here to pray for you. As a matter of fact, our elders and our prayer partners are here to pray for you, and and I'm going to release them to their various stations of prayer. In just a moment, we're going to pray over the disaster relief effort that's happening right now in Mississippi. I uh, have been in communication with Convoy of Hope, Bruce Headley, and um, we're already boots on the ground in Mississippi with uh, semis full of Water and food and disaster relief and rescue and friends That's because of you and your faithfulness and support Can you just take a moment and thank God for every time that there's a disaster? We're there helping I thank God for that Well, listen, uh, before we pray uh, I want to remind you that as we give unto the Lord our worship We also give unto him what he's given to us and so if you would like to give today you can see the five ways to give up on the screen and uh, of course if you want giving credit and you're giving uh, you know cash or something like that you can use the giving envelope in the seat pocket in front of you we're not going to pass a plate but you can give and worship on the way out with the giving boxes but I just felt like it would be appropriate to just pray and believe God that through this season of challenge especially there in Mississippi of course there's all over the world we need prayer our missionaries are over 60 missionaries that we support they need our prayer 67 missionaries now because of your faithfulness and generosity that we're able to support and if you'd like to give a special gift uh, toward any one of those specifically or our kingdom builders you can just go ahead and assign that to Kingdom Builders today but we're going to pray right now over you and your family because, listen, Mississippi may have gone through a lot of storms, but you may be going through a personal storm right now. And these leaders are there to receive you in prayer. So after we pray, well, in just a moment, we're going to have everyone stand up. And as we, the worship team leads us in a few songs of worship, you can, you can slip out from where you're at and go toward this exit sign over there or this exit sign over there up in the balcony right over there and receive prayer today for whatever needs you might have. So let's take a moment and pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that we have the opportunity to give. We are a blessed people. And now I I speak strategic blessing over each and every one that's here today, over households, over families, and not just financial blessing, but, Lord, blessing in things that we couldn't buy with money. And now, Lord, I pray as we go back into this time of worship in our giving, in song, and in prayer, that, Lord, you would take this moment And show up in a powerful way. I pray miracles would take place as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand up with us? Let's continue to worship in song. And if you need prayer, slip out from where you're at and go receive prayer at this time.
0: situations, no matter our circumstances, God, we live to lift you high, God, and make you known. So today we put our trust in you, we put our our foundation on you, Lord. Worthy of all our praise, Lord. Sing this with me. You're worthy of every song.
1: of a more appropriate song for us to as a believer in jesus christ be reminded of today you know the world and its challenges it's clear there's problems all over the place there's not just crisis in the world there's sometimes crisis in your own house and if you build the foundation of your life on anything else but jesus It's going to crumble. And when the world shakes, the problem is, is that if we've built our life on the world system or on the economy or on our 401k, it's like all these things begin to shake and then we feel shaken inside. But how many understand, when you put your trust in the only one that is unshakable, unmovable, that Jesus Christ is the foundation of your life, all the world can shake and we are still secure. How many understand, God, when he is our firm foundation, we will not be shaken either. And so I want to pray over you today and believe God with you and for you that God in his infinite wisdom will keep you secure in the midst of crisis. Lord Jesus, I pray over every person in this room and Lord, in a crowd this size, I can only imagine the challenges that people are facing today. But whatever they walked in with, as they put their firm foundation on you, the strength of their feet is firmly placed on the rock of Christ Jesus. I pray that they will feel secure and unmovable. And Lord, I pray that you can hold them in the palm of your hand and let them know you're right beside them. I pray your blessing upon them today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You can go ahead and be seated. And if you would, turn your attention toward the screens as we go into this message, the conclusion of this series called Believe For It. Go ahead and take a look.
3: Money. What does the Bible
0: say about it? We recognize our need for it to live and function in the world, but how should we manage it? Maybe a better question is, are we managing it? Or is money mastering us? As Christians, we recognize how we view or manage money cannot save us. Even our most generous acts cannot save us. Christ alone saves us through the most lavish generosity of all time, where he laid down his life as a sacrifice on the cross. Though our charity and how we manage money cannot save us, it speaks to how much we understand the generosity of God giving us his son so we can be reconciled to him for eternity. Therefore, money becomes an excellent diagnostic tool to identify where our heart is. Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also.
1: Isn't that the truth? <laughs> Amen. Go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word or turn on your tablet, PC, or your cell phone, wherever you've got your Bible in today. And uh, can you say this to me? Say, I am. What well, God's Word says, I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's Word, I'll receive God's Word, and I'll obey God's Word because I love His Word. Now, just turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you look really good today. Listen, it's almost Easter and uh, can't wait to see what you're going to wear on Easter Sunday. <laughs> Turn to Philippians chapter 4, if you would, Philippians chapter 4. By the way, if you do have a smartphone and you've got the version app of the Bible, you can go ahead and uh, open that up and search under events, the more section, and you'll see a, a little map that pulls up, and that has our church, Dothan First, right there, and you can actually follow along with the notes today. They'll be up on the screens in a moment, but, but uh, you can follow along with us, and uh, I would encourage you to follow us on social media. Uh, listen, there's a lot of people that use social media in a negative way. I encourage you to use it in a positive way. Uh, tell people not just all the things you're against, tell them all the things that you're for and uh, encourage them in Christ. Use social media as a tool of blessing. Uh, so as you're turning there to uh, Philippians chapter four, I did hear a story one time about a little boy He wanted $100, and he was praying to God, Lord, give me $100. God, I just pray you'd give me $100, and and nothing was happening. So he decided he would write a letter to God. He just wanted that money, and he wrote it out, Lord, just give me $100. Thank you. And he didn't know where to address it, so he just closed it and said, to God, and then he just put USA, and then he put it in in the mail. Well, post office saw it, kind of laughed, and thought it'd be funny if they sent it to the President of the United States. And the president opened it up, saw the letter, saw this kid. It was kind of comical, but sincere in the letter. And so he decided he was going to go ahead and help him out. So he took a crisp $10 bill, put it back in the envelope, sent it back to this boy. This boy opens it up so excited. He gets $10. He's just so grateful. And he sits down and he writes another letter to God. And he says, dear God, thank you so much for this crisp $10 bill. But just so you know, I I did ask for $100. However, I noticed that you had to send it through Washington, D.C., and wouldn't you know, they deducted $90 out of it. (laughs) It's almost tax time. (laughs) All right, we're talking about this series called Believe For It, and I have been talking about health. I have been concerned about your health. In every facet, in every way. So we started this year talking about your, uh, both your physical health and your spiritual health. Then we started talking about your emotional health, your mental health. How many of you know that's a very important subject, especially post-COVID and all that we experienced during that trying season? And then I began to talk to you about relational health, marital health, parenting health. I want you to be healthy in your home. Just turn to your neighbor and says, your pastor wants you to be healthy. Just let him know. He wants you to be healthy. But do you know what? There's one that I left out. And it's this, financial health. I want you to be healthy financially. And and I I just, I I know, I can feel it in the room, you know. It's like, oh, the preacher's going to talk about money. Uh, You know, people get funny when you talk about money. I'm just saying, right? But, but I, I just want to let you know that I would rather talk to you about any other subject, just about any other subject. As a matter of fact, if you look back over the couple of three or four years of my messages, I, I, it was hard for me to even find a message on, on money. And yet, when I look at the scriptures, I can find that over half of the parables that Jesus taught were about money and money management. As a matter of fact, it was like almost every time Jesus opened up his mouth, here he is talking about money. And it wasn't that he was looking to receive something. As a matter of fact, just let me just set the record straight. We've already taken up the offering, friends. It's all over, okay? This is not a ploy toward the end of this message that there's gonna be some strategic, important thing that I'm asking you to give toward. That's not what this is about. But it was interesting. I, I began to search the scriptures and found that it was over 2,000 scriptures about money. Why in the world would Jesus talk so much about money? He talked more about money than heaven, hell, or prayer. And I would say heaven, hell, and prayer are pretty important topics. And yet, boy, it's so quiet in here. It scares me to think, are y'all ready for this? Are y'all sure you're ready for this? Okay. Let's turn to your neighbor and say, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Don't leave yet. It's gonna be okay. But here we go. Here's the, the topic, the title Money Talks and People Walk. Money Talks and People Walk. As a child, The measurement of maturity is when they stop talking and start sharing. How many of you know when you got little ones around, it's always mine. It's mine. It's a toy that you bought them. They didn't buy that. They didn't go to work. They didn't have to pay for it. They didn't go to the store to get it. You picked it out. You paid for it. You worked for it. You gave it to the kid. The kid holds on to it for 30 seconds and all of a sudden, mine. There is a spirit of mine. (laughs) And you parents know how to deal with that when you've got multiple children and they're fighting back and forth over a toy that you purchased. They didn't even buy it with their own money, but it's mine. My favorite is now our kids are grown and Christmas is no longer that they were given money by me out of my account to buy me a Christmas gift. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Y'all remember that? You'd have a little bit of money and you'd give the money to the kids so that they could buy you a gift, And they'd come back with this gift that, God bless them, you knew you were never going to use that gift. I could have found a hundred ways to spend my money better on myself, but my kids would buy me a gift. and It was nice. It was sweet. It's the gesture, right? It's the principle of giving. We're trying to teach them how to give, and that's great, but oh my goodness, my kids now have a little bit of money, and they buy me a Christmas present. It is awesome. (laughs) And it's not that I have the spirit of greed or I have to receive, it's just simply that my kids have learned the value of generosity. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. Here's the scripture that reminds us that you cannot outgive God. Here it is. Look at this. He, He owns it all and he gives freely. He says, you can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. Everybody say everything you need. He's not just talking about money here. He's talking about everything, right? Your family, your finances, your future, everything. He says, His generosity exceeding, everybody say exceeding, exceeding. <laughs> even yours, right? So that means no matter what kind of generosity you feel you possess, God says He gives even more than you could ever give. You can't outgive God. And He goes on to say, even yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. I believe God wants us to teach us a new way of looking at money. Uh, listen, friends, nothing you have, you own. You don't own anything. God owns everything. And if you begin with that premise, you'll understand. As a matter of fact, I dare you to die and try to take it with you. Just stay, it can't happen, right? You'll have people, your relatives fighting over what's left. That you earned, that they didn't earn, but they're fighting over it. Friends, can I just tell you, everything you own is on loan from God. Everything. Everything. You couldn't even take your next breath without God giving it to you. Where did you get the strength in your body to uh, go to work and make the money? Or where did you get the creativity in your mind to start that business? It came from God. Everybody say, it all came from God. It all came from God. Every bit of it. And what God requires of us is something called stewardship. He wants us to steward what we've been given, not just our treasure, although that's important, but our time and our talent. Our time, our talent, and our treasure is all to be stewarded by those things that God has given us. We then steward them. And listen, I would say it like this, when God blesses us, it's actually a test to see with What we will do with what we have been given, right? To whom much is given, much is required. So as he's testing you, or as maybe, maybe I should say it like this, as he's blessing you, he's testing you. So what do you do with what you've been given? God's going to see, do you care more about God, the blessor, or do you care about more about the blessing? that you've been given by him. Uh, people have financial testimonies all the time and I could tell you story after story after story. I heard one just this week that I'm not at liberty to share but I can just tell you exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask think or imagine. God has a way of making up the difference you can't outgive God and as uh, a story about somebody that came in and and they began to uh, Go be above and beyond what they thought they could do. And God extremely continues to bless them because of it. Exponentially. But I would say testimonies is a test of monies. <laughs> That's often what it is. Mark chapter 10. I'd like you to turn there and we're going to talk about this for a little while. Matter of fact, I'm going to really sink my teeth into this passage of scripture. and We're just going to go kind of line by line. Here it is, Mark chapter 10, verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him, fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, so he must have recognized this guy as a religious guy. Matter of fact, according to the scriptures, because this is talked about in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, So three of the Gospels talk about this guy. So it must be pretty important when it's repeated three different times. But he was called a religious leader, a ruler, a religious ruler. So he says, you know the commands. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud, honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared. All these things I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him And got mad at him for interrupting the Ten Commandments. Is that what it says? What's it say? Jesus looked at him and what? Loved him. Loved him. And he said these words, these four all important words. You ready for them? Here they are. One thing you lack. Everybody say, one thing you lack. Mm. He said, go sell everything you have, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Then, come and follow me. And at this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad because he had great wealth. Literally, that word sad is grieved. It's the same word that's used when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And the Bible says that he was grieved to the point that he sweat great drops of blood. He was grieved. This man was so grieved. Money talks and people walk Let me start by saying this about this guy I love this guy. As a matter of fact, I would love to have this kind of guy in my church, in my ministry. Why? Because here this guy comes up, runs up and says what must I do to be saved? Look, I would love it if before I preached a message without the sound, the lights, the video, all the things that we do to put into a service to make a moment like this happen, all of the volunteers and the leadership that come around to make something like this take place where we can have everything in, in excellence and all all the hard work that goes in, all the study and the preparation, without any coaxing, without any theological debates, all of a sudden somebody comes running up to me and says, what must I do to be saved? Oh, what can I do? Is there anything I can do? Just just tell me and I'm ready to do it. I would love to have this moment in ministry. But look at Jesus' answer. Jesus said, you know the commandments. Now, let's just stop and say this. Jesus, don't misunderstand him here. When he's asking the man, "Did you follow the Ten Commandments?" Jesus is not suggesting that you can get to heaven by your good works. Matter of fact, if you look at the particular commands that he went over, it seems to be that most of the commands he's discussing are those things that someone might argue or have uh, temptation in business about, right? Don't he says like things like don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Don't defraud. He might as well have been saying to us, like, uh, you know, make sure you're following the tax code. (laughs) Oh, come on, somebody. You know the Ten Commandments. And he's deciphering and discerning this man's heart. And Jesus later addresses the young man's issue. It wasn't his money. It wasn't his money, it was his heart. The Bible says that God is a jealous God. He wants all of us, not just part of us. And so we've got to learn to love him more than anything else. It'd be like if I said to my wife, Look, I love you and you know, we, we're we're I wanna get married and so so here we are. Well let's stand before God and everybody and hold hands and say, I do to these vows, but I just want to write my own vows. Is that okay? And she says, Sure, honey, that's fine. And so we start to go over the vows and I read them in front of God and everybody there in the marriage ceremony, and I say, I love you to a, to a point. I mean let's not get carried away. I love you unless it's inconvenient. I'll love you, uh, you know, unless somebody better comes along. I promise to make you second place, third place, fourth place in my life. I, 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 I like you a lot, and I like how you make me feel. How many understand, she would probably walk back out the aisle and never show back up to that wedding ceremony with me ever again. Why? Because the point of the commitment and the covenant was that I commit to loving her and making her my priority. Are you following this? To love her with all my heart. And Jesus is saying, if you want to be saved, it requires total surrender. Total surrender. Matter of fact, as he was going through these commands, it was almost as though this rich young ruler was stopping Jesus in the middle saying, I already did that. And Jesus said, there's one thing you lack. As a matter of fact, it was the command that Jesus didn't say. It was the very first command, which was this, you will have no other God, what? Before him, no other God. Another time, Jesus was asked about the most important commands by a teacher of religious law. And Jesus said these words, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Some translations add all your strength or all your might, everything you got within you. And then he says, the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So in all of that, he sums up the whole Bible in four words. Jesus does. He says, love God and what? And love people. So God isn't after your money. He's after your heart. Matthew six twenty one says where your treasure is, there your heart is will be also. So in the middle of this conversation about salvation, Jesus turns the attention toward this man's money. And and the, the reason that I believe Jesus spent so much time talking about money is this, that money is the ultimate competitor for your heart to be torn away from God. Money can corrupt or contaminate your heart. But Jesus talked about it over and over and over again. When it comes to your money, even the best Christian can struggle, right? There's such a spiritual danger when it comes to your salary and your status. And Jesus was saying, this is a test, not just of your money, but of your heart. The problem was not the money, it went deeper than that. See, here's the thing, friend, listen to what I'm about to say. You can be sincere and not be sold out. Let me say that again. You can be sincere and not sold out. This guy was sincere. Verse 17, it says, As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. First of all, he ran up. How many understand? In those days, they wore tunics, which is like, you know, robes. They stopped right about here. So he had to, like, pick up his little skirt <laughs> to run. How many understand? This is a relatively undignified ...thing for a dignitary to do. He's <laughs> running to Jesus. And, and this, is, this is a clear picture that he seems to be very sincere. He's rich. He's young. He's a religious ruler. And this is not politically correct. He's rich, meaning people would say, Hey, you've been doing so many good things that God must be blessing you because you're wealthy... You don't need god he's young which means he got his whole life ahead of him you don't you don't need god you can wait till you're old to get to god he's religious which means he's been obeying the laws all the way from the time he was a boy well why would you need jesus You're a ruler, which means you you got your fame, you got popularity, you have influence, you got everything going for you. Why do you need Jesus? Friends, he was on the top of the world. Why did he need Jesus? Can I just tell you? He had everything and he still lacked something and he knew it in his heart. He knew that he had all these things, the things that most of us would really, really love. How many of those of us that are a little bit older that have the creaks and the cracks and the little things in our back that make us wish that we were a little bit younger? How many wish in some ways we were, our bodies were just a little bit younger? Come on, somebody. How many you would say, hey, I could use just a little bit more money. That would be nice to have a little bit more money. Anybody in the room? Okay. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm just saying. How many of you would like to, to be religious, meaning that you, oh, you could say you obey the laws? You could walk up to God Himself and say, I've obeyed the laws. We would love to be able to say that. What a, what a joy. And, and how about this a ruler? Ooh, some of us don't even care if we got money, but do we have influence? <laughs> some of you would love, many of us, all of us would love to have some level of influence in this world to say, My life matters. And this man had it all. And he runs and he falls down on his knees and humiliates himself in front of Jesus and everybody standing there having all of this and saying, what I have is not enough. My possessions, my position, my power, it's not enough. I need something else. And Jesus begins to talk about these laws of God, the Ten Commandments, and this young man interrupts him saying, I've kept all these. And Jesus, listen, did not dispute this fact. You know, I I would think if this man really wasn't a good guy, the people around him would be like, Jesus, this ain't ain't no good guy, (laughs) right? Or Jesus himself, the one that knew all things, could say, nah, you haven't kept everything. But it's almost as though Jesus allows this statement and then his response is this. Verse 21, Jesus looked at him and loved loved him, loved him, loved him said, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have, give to the poor. Then you'll have treasure in heaven. Is Jesus suggesting that you can buy your way into heaven? Oh, hold on just one second. Sell all you have, give to the poor, then you'll have eternal life. Hold on just one second. Is Jesus, the Messiah, suggesting that good works get you in heaven? You can buy your way in? No, 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 no. That's not what this is indicating. As a matter of fact, you won't find Jesus saying this to anyone else quite this way in all the scriptures. The problem was this man was losing his identity. I got a little dollar bill here, got some money. And it does say something on here that I think is very interesting. It says, In money we trust. Is that that what it says? What does it say? In God we trust. In God we trust. Listen, it's so hard. It's so hard. Listen, money talks. It's talking to you all the time. It's drawing you in. How many remember those cartoons, if you ever watched cartoons when you were little? I'm going to date myself a little bit. When those old school cartoons, when they would somebody would have baked a, a pie, they put it out on the windowsill to cool. All of a sudden, the steam that rises up turns into a steam hand. Y'all remember this? And the steam hand would just kind of go over to whatever character, cartoon character. And then all of a sudden, it would do like this. And it would pick up the character. The character would float toward the pie. Come on, put up your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, five of you, we're really struggling today. Okay. That's exactly what money does. It it talks to you. It it, it talks to you. It says, come here. Oh, come here. Come here. (laughs) Come here. I got you. I'll take care of you. I'll be your provider. I'll take care of everything you'll ever need. If you just get enough of me, you'll be able to take care of everything you need. I'll take care of your kids. I'll take care of your health as long as you have wealth. I'll take care of everything you need. And you're just chasing after this almighty dollar. And then you flip the dollar over and it says, in God we trust. And you fold that part over and you (laughs) stick it in your pocket and act like it's not there. money talks. Sometimes it talks a lot louder than God does. God's got the still, small voice, the whisper. Money's got a loud, booming voice that shouts at you and says, you can't make it without me. You can't make it without me. But what if this is gone? What do you have left? Is God your provider or is this your provider? somebody want this dollar, it's just a dollar, anybody want it, just come up, grab it real quick, anybody, nobody wants this dollar, nobody, oh, okay, fine, okay, all right, I figured, look, teenagers, they, <laughs> you know, I figured as much, it's just a dollar, right, that's not, I mean, look, you're not going to, like, give up your whole world over that dollar, I mean, you know what I'm saying, I, I know you well enough to know you love Jesus, and you, you're not going to let that dollar, like, destroy your life or anything, okay, it's just a dollar, I mean, four quarters used to get me a video, ga- a couple of video games. I'm just saying that's—it's not that much. It won't—it it will buy one fifth of a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Jesus noticed this man had everything: rich, young, ruler. He was blessed, and listen—he was righteous. But there was something missing and Jesus was discerning it, that this man loved his blessings more than he loved God. And as as I said before, you can be sincere and not sold out because money talks and people what? Walk. Jesus is asking us to put the Savior at the center as your source. Jesus, the Savior at the center as your source. Are you sold out to make God number one? That so much so that if he, listen, if he asks you for something like money, would it hinder you? Here it is, verse 23, Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, by the way, Jesus was not downing rich people. There were a lot of rich people in both the Old and the New Testament, so much so that we can look at the fathers of faith and see that were had tremendous wealth. Abraham had tremendous wealth, so many possessions. They were trying to find land just to take care of all the possessions that he owned. If you look at David, he was blessed, endowed with riches and fame and favor. And then you look at his son Solomon and you see he was the wisest and the richest man who ever lived. So much so that it says in 2 Chronicles 9.20, it's not in your notes, but it says that Solomon possessed so much gold that silver's worth was devalued. Ooh, how many would like that? Not bad. They were so wealthy, but they were sold out to God. And Jesus' ministry, by the way, was supported by wealthy people. So God doesn't have a problem with the wealth. He's got a problem. Does the wealth have you? That's what he's asking. First Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Here's the proof that money talks and people walk. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith. Everybody say, wandered from the faith and pierce themselves with many griefs. Money talks, and people walk. By the way, it does not say money is the root of all evil. It says the love, everybody say the love. The love of money is the root of all evil. The root. I'm not talking about what's up here. I'm talking about what's down under the surface that nobody else can see. I started... When the weather changed, I went out to my backyard and I started pulling up weeds and it took me a while. A matter of fact, it took me half a day on Saturday to pull up so many weeds and there was a few of them that I pulled up and I just know they're coming back. I mean, yeah, there's probably going to be others that will grow up, new ones that will grow up, but this one, there was a lot of them I was getting the roots, but you know, there's a few of those, you pluck them and you get half and you go, ah. Oh. I just spent all that time and it's coming back again. And friends, let me just tell you something. The love of money is the root. Everybody say the root. It goes deeper. It goes beyond the surface level. It goes down to your heart. It's things that you don't even recognize you're dealing with. And Jesus is identifying that in every believer today to remind us that he alone is our source. He's our source. Money can be a manipulator. It can seduce and entice. Look at in verse 24, the disciples were freaked out by this. They were amazed at Jesus' words. Jesus again said, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for the camel to go through an eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And I can just tell you, I've heard this explained a certain way, and I even probably, as a young uh, minister, probably preached it this way, that it wasn't just a, it wasn't a real live camel, and it wasn't the eye of a needle in, you know, uh, trying to, s- a sewing needle. It, it was a place in Jerusalem and it was the bottom part of a wall that people would have to be able to get through at night for security reasons and so they'd have to take all that they had off of their camel so that they could have that camel go through the eye of the needle. It was called the eye of the needle and so I may have even preach, hey, take off every, all those things if you want to get through the secure gate and all of that stuff and, but I just want to tell you, I, I'm not 100% sure that that's biblically sound and accurate and here's why. Because then it says that they were even more amazed and said to each other, how can we be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with man, look, this is impossible. Well, according to that theological concept of a camel crawling through with nothing on its back, it still got through. It was not impossible. It was challenging, but not impossible. And God is telling us it's impossible with mankind, with humans but with God, all things are possible. Some people might look at this passage and go, I'm glad Jesus is dogging out the rich because I don't even like those rich people. How many of you had, have access right now to clean drinking water? Put up your hands. Okay, one fourth of our world doesn't have access. You are rich. How many of you have a car? Put up your hands. How many have a car? How many have access to a car? Put up your hands. 18, listen, you are part of the 18%. Only 18% of our entire world has a car. 18%, one eight, 18% of the entire population of the world. How many understand you are rich? As a matter of fact, you are a perfect example of the rich, young, religious ruler. It's us. He's not talking just to some guy. He's talking to us. We're the wealthy ones. And the disciples are saying, well, this guy's tried to keep the law. He's been blessed by God. What's going to happen to us? There's one commandment that it seems we all struggle with, and it's who we're going to make our God. Listen, all blessing comes from God. He owns it all. God will have no other God before him. Friends, is there something missing? That's the key I want to get to. Is there something missing? Jesus was saying, money can have such a control over you that it can become your God. If it's not surrendered to him, you can be seduced and controlled by money. You can be seduced by your success. And Jesus, by the way, gave the answer to this young man when he said, in essence, the Savior must be your source. God must be the hub on which the wheels turn. Think about it like this. You know what a hub is on a wheel? It's the very center. Oftentimes what we do is we put God on the exterior and we put our business in the middle and say, well, God, you better revolve around my business. Lord, you better bless my business. I won't even believe in you unless you bless my business. And then he blesses your business. And then you say, look at what I did. Or, you know, you've got Jesus uh, uh, kind of swirling around the outside, and the hub is your family and your children, and you see how great your spouse is and how great your kids are, and you go, look at me, God, look at what I did. And Jesus is just revolving around the outside of your life, barely there. Your your sports life or your hobbies are the hub, and Jesus kind of has to fit in where he fits in, and, and he's saying, no, that's not the way salvation works. I must be your source, the hub, on which everything else revolves. That your your whole world revolves around your God. Verse 28, Peter spoke up and said, we've left everything to follow you. Peter finally got the key to all this. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no one who's ever left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in the present age homes brothers sisters mothers children in fields along with persecution he throws that in we're st- we're not in heaven we're still on earth persecution's going to going to come he says and the age to come eternal life so what he's saying is you put me first keep me first place i'll give you blessing i'll bless you both in heaven and on earth is he asking you to leave your wife no that's not what this is about is he asking you to leave your kids no that's not what he's saying there are Muslim countries right now all over the world that if you say yes to Jesus, you are ostracized for your, from your entire family. And that was happening in that culture. And he's saying, listen, even if you've gotten kicked out, even if you've been abused and persecuted and beat up because of your faith, I want you to know I'll continue to bless you in ways you never dreamed. You never dreamed. God doesn't want to just flow blessings to us. He wants to blow ble- flow blessings through us. And greed says, God, give me what I want so I can keep it for myself. But generosity says, God, give me more so I can bless others with what's been given to me. That's what the tithe, the principle of the tithe is all about. That 10% is, is a representation of the whole. It's a representation of the whole. It's not how much money do I have that I've got to give to God. It's rather how much of God's money is he blessing me with to steward. Money talks. People walk. (laughs) Nathan Mueller, uh, he started working for ING Bank. It was a number of years ago. And he had a, a company credit card. And what was happening is he started buying expensive cars and watches and uh, frequent trips on the company card and with uh, his own, those checks that were given to him. And over a four-year period of time, he spent $8.5 million of the company money on himself. Obviously, he was fired and sentenced to 97 months in prison, and the problem was this. Listen, he spent it as if he owned it instead of realizing he was hired to steward it, listen, for the company. He took what did not belong to him, and he spent it on himself, and he was what he was supposed to steward for the company. Listen, friends, God is calling you to steward everything you've been given. And I would say it like this, not everything you've been given. Who did it come from in the first place? It came from God. Philippians 4.11 talks about contentment. And he says this, I've learned to be satisfied with the things I have and with everything that happens. Everything. That means your circumstantial theology gets thrown out the window. Well, God, if you do for me, I'll do for you. If you bless me, I, I guess I can bless you back. If you answer all my prayers just like I want, then I guess I'll say thank you. No, friends. Look, content with everything that happens. Just like in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus prayed in his final prayer, he said, not my will, but yours be done. That, that Listen, if you just ask God for this, that, and the other, and you don't get it, and you walk away like a petulant child that didn't get his toy, friends, can I tell you, that makes you God. That means he's serving you, not you're serving him. Here's this principle in God's word that says you'll, what you sow, you'll also reap. Galatians 6, 7 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always, everybody say always. Always harvest what you plant, or uh, you'll sow what you sow, you'll reap. In other words, don't be surprised if you sow apple seeds that you get an apple tree, right? You're not going to get watermelons out of an apple seed. And how many understand? Actually, it's more than just that, there's something bigger than that. The principle is you give to God, and He gives even more back. It's true, you can't outgive Him. And so as a kid, I used to, you know, you'll reap what you sow. And I used to think that, you know, I steal a cookie from the cookie jar and I get a spanking or I get grounded or whatever. I saw it always in the negative, but how many understand it is also in the positive for here's the good concept. What you give away will come back to you. It's the law of cycles or reciprocity. And if you give words of encouragement consistently enough, how many know you'll get them back? If you need a friend, you become friendly and you receive a lot of friends. You give and it comes back to you. Listen, if you're in need or deficient in a particular area, you need to give more in that area, not less. You need to give what you have to get more. I'll prove it to you. For your physical body, if you say, I am just lethargic, I am wore out, I just don't have any energy, the best way to get really good energy is to lay around on the couch eating Cheetos all day. That's a great way to get more energy. Is that true? No. A body in motion stays in motion. A body at rest stays at? It atrophies. You want to get more energy, you've got to get up and get out and use and exert the energy that you do have so you can get more. Are you following this? It's a godly principle called generosity. So in what areas of your life, listen, are you underfunding and over-expecting? In what areas of your life are you underfunding and overexpecting? If you want to change the outcome, change the investment. I'll tell you what. I'm going to ask for that dollar back. You know, you have that dollar back. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Now, let's keep going. So, <laughs> Proverbs 11 25 says a generous person will prosper. Proverbs 21 26 says the righteous gives and does not hold back. Proverbs 22 9 says, whoever is generous, look at this, will be blessed. Have I say will be blessed? All right, come back up here. Come back up here. All right, I had something in this pocket. All right, so here's the dollar. All right, now take all that. Now I want you to count that out. Go ahead and count it out. Just remain right there. Just count it out. See see what it is, how much it is. All right, he says it keep unfolding. All right, let's see it. How much you got? Right, uh-huh, all right, go ahead and be seated, go ahead, hey, 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 you showed up in church and you got money, don't say the preacher's out for money, he gave you money, all right, now give it up for him right here, $111, you didn't know you were going to get it before this, right, $111, one, 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 God has got to be number one, money can't be number one. You can't make yourself number one. He's got to be number one. All right, come back up here. Let me see the money. (laughs) Give me the money. Give me the money. Money, 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 money. Okay, no, I'm not going to take it. No, listen, here's what I want you to do. Here's all I'm asking. Now, look, you didn't earn this, right? I just gave it to you. You didn't know it was coming and you got it. But here's what I'm gonna invite you to do is to make God first. And the way you make God first is that tithe. So here's, here's the hundred, okay? This is separate. Come on back up. Here's the hundred. All right, but what I'm asking, this is, now look, you didn't earn this, right? You didn't do something special to get it, but you got it. And the reason you got it is because God wants to bless you with it. So here's the key. And you were the only one that stood up for a buck. If I said $111, people would have been pushing you over to get to that money. But because it was a buck, you came up, you got it. Here's the deal. This $11, okay, this belongs to God. Okay, so this part I'm going to take, all right? But I want you to understand the reason. Matter of fact, I won't even take it. I'm going to ask you to be willing to give it. Okay, now you're still walking away with $100 that you didn't earn and that nothing about your life made you the one that gets the money. It's just because God wanted to bless you. So this is relatively small and insignificant in the comparison, is that true? But you still get the $100. Can you just take a moment, give it up for him? Thank you so much. He's like, please don't call me up again. I wish I hadn't gotten that dollar. Would the worship team come as we prepare to close? You know, Philippians chapter one talks a lot about this. He says, the apostle Paul says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to God for you've been partners in spreading the good news. He says, this is what really matters. You helped share your faith. And friends, that's the purpose of life, sharing your faith. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he what? That he gave. He gave, and he says that over and over again. Philippians four seventeen says, "I'm not trying to get something from you," as I'm going to tell you right here. I'm not trying to get something from you. He says, "But I want you to receive the blessings that come from giving." He says, "I want you to be more interested in in your ERA than your IRA. Your IRA is that individual retirement account. The ERA is your eternal retirement account. The problem is." if your heart is in your money, then money talks, people walk. Am I trusting God or am I trusting money? Today, God invites us to trust him. And that's what I'm inviting you to do. Look, for, friends, for some of you, it may not be about money at all. You may be like, I got it, I give it. It ain't no big deal. Like you can take it all tomorrow and it's no big deal others of you man even talking about this today was tense and i want you to understand listen the word there's a word mammon that's used you can't serve both god and money or you can't serve both god and mammon mammon was the 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 representation of a, a god a syrian god but even more than that there's something that gets a hold of us and we don't even know it's there I've never had somebody walk up to me in service as a service and pastor, I just need to repent. Well, tell me, what, what is it that you need to repent about? Well, I just want you to know I, I spent a little more money on something than I should have spent. <laughs> Nobody does that. It, it's just this attractional thing that pulls us in and we don't even realize that it's seducing us, the almighty dollar, but you can't serve both God and God and money. Friends, you can't outgive God and God will give back to you things you couldn't afford to buy like joy and peace. Things you can't afford to pay for. You could have all the money in the world and still have no peace, no joy. But God, he loves you so very much. And I believe the most important thing that you can sow your life into over the next two weeks is inviting people to be a part of what God's trying to do here. It's not about money. It's about the heart. And I want you to be so sold out to Jesus that <clears throat> it's almost as though nothing else matters in comparison. I want you to be strategic and believe God with me. On, that, on, uh, on our Palm Sunday, my dad's going to share a message I believe is going to be so mission critical bring people invite people on Easter Sunday we're gonna talk about Jesus his love for us we're gonna talk about where we fit in the story of God I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it out pure and simple this would be a perfect opportunity to just say who could I invite Because I'm believing that marriages will be restored. I'm believing that lives will be changed. I'm believing prodigal children are coming home. I'm believing that God's going to transform this city. And it's not just going to be because of me. It's going to be because of you. Because you're sold out to God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that we're sold out to you. And you love us with an everlasting love. And I ask that in this room, we would once again dedicate our lives to you as though it's a rededication. Matter of fact, with heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment, there may be some in this room you'd say, Mark, I need Jesus to come into my life. It's not about money, it's about my heart. Others of you, it's a rededication. You just say, Mark, honestly, there's been things going on in my life. I've, I've let things pr- put uh, the priority above God and I've been uh, neglectful in the command that says don't put anything above God. And so right now, you're just evaluating your priorities. Whatever category you fit in, those watching online and those in the service, whatever category you fit in, right now, I want you to know today, I'm here ready to pray for you. It's not my heart to judge you. It's my heart to invite you into relationship with Jesus Christ. If that's you, With heads bowed, eyes closed, would you just do this? Would you slip up your hand, acknowledging by the raised hand? Mark, that's me. Include me in this prayer right now. Come on, all over this place. In the balcony, on the main floor. Mark, that's me. Yeah, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. Anybody else? Yeah. God bless you. The main floor, I'm just looking under balcony, just scanning. Anybody else? That's you today. God bless you. God bless you. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Matter of fact, I'd like to invite you into this prayer. Everybody that would like to uh, believe god if i you raised your hand submitting your life to him and maybe even those of you in this room that you didn't raise your hand but you know man there's something between you and god you've got to get it right but i'd like us all to pray this prayer especially you who lifted your hands can you say this with me say lord jesus forgive me for my sins i repent for all i've done wrong I believe that you died and rose again for me I make you Lord and Savior of my life thank you for loving me thank you for changing me I choose to trust you with every area of my life now fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus name Amen Amen. Can you stand up with us? Can you give God some praise in this house for those who made the decision? Let's worship Him together. in me. I'm going to release you with this blessing, but before I do, I'm going to invite some of our leadership. If you just slip out toward that guest reception, those that are first-time guests in the house, we'd be honored to give you a gift for hanging out with us today. And if you'll just slide out these doors, and just before you leave the building to the left, you'll see a sign, that says guest reception. We'd be honored to connect with you today. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare, you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. That to know that he loves you with an everlasting love. And I bless you to be a blessing to this city this world. I bless you to be a blessing to your neighbors, your social media influence. I bless you to be a blessing to your household, to your wife and kids, your grandkids. I bless you to be a blessing and I bless you to find someone that doesn't know Jesus and to to invite them to the Easter celebration. I bless you. In Jesus' name. Hey, God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you either this Wednesday or next Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed.